For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. What's up, everybody? What's up, fight fans? How you guys feeling? Happy Monday afternoon. Little late start. I am not punctual. I'm very procrastinating in my ways. I'm sorry. I apologize. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for liking. Thank you for subscribing. Call the show. Be a part of the show. At Iktagon everywhere. Iktagon.com. 646-820-9848. We're going to be recapping the PFL championship from this past Friday. Sean O'Malley wants a big fight. MMA versus boxing, training, differences. New York sports update. Go Jets. That's about it with that. But most importantly, ah, there's more to know about McGregor Artem, the fight that will never end. <laughs> it just, it's a sad situation. It's a sad situation. I, I do feel bad for, for, was it, uh, Everybody who's a huge fan of, of Conor McGregor, you know, he he was a person who propelled me to take my cage fight in 2016. He's a person that has seen great heights in the mixed martial arts world, champ champ status, bringing the company to ESPN. If you guys want to hear more about that, I dive into that deeply. Go to last week. I talk about the Conor McGregor, Artem Lobal, the whole background relationship. At this point, you should know that McGregor has sunk to a new low now that he is dissing his teammate, Artem Lobov. Artem is a ra-na-na-na-na. Hey, ra. Artem is a ra-na-na-na-na. Hey, na-na-na-na. Hey, Artem is a ra-na-na-na-na. Hey. Uh, 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 all right. Besides it being extremely catchy and a great beat, and Conor McGregor have a great tone to his music, he's still calling a guy who helped get him to just amazing status in terms of career, in terms of training, uh, and most importantly for this scenario, financially. Conor McGregor would not be where he is if it was not for Artem Lobov. He should give him the thirty million that he's asking for just as a friendly gesture. Proper twelve, which is worth about six. Hundred million dollars. Artem Lobov is claiming that he helped take on the the European branch of it with uh, just being basically like a, an ambassador or being a, a a brain trust for Proper Twelve. And it's sad what's happening now that he McGregor's being sued by the same guy that helped him achieve all this status and wealth. 
the McGregor from 2014 with the, the Seaver fight, Poirier fight, Max Holloway fight, all the way into the Mendez, Aldo, Alvarez, Diaz fights. Fast forward into the Mayweather fight. Artem Lobal was in the corner for McGregor. Also, McGregor was in the corner for Lobal. At UFC 223, the famous fight week, one of the craziest fight weeks in MMA history and UFC history, where McGregor launched the hand truck into the, the bus that had Khabib Nurmagomedov in it. That happened. Why McGregor threw that hand dolly was because of Artem Lobov. Khabib Nurmagomedov was kind of physically bullying and intimidating Artem Lobov. He had his hand behind the, the neck of Lobov, a, a wrestling position, but I'm sure Khabib looked like he was squeezing that a, a little extra. McGregor was so pissed off that, that he saw that footage that he flew from the UK to New York on a couple of days' notice, stormed the downstairs loading dock of the Barclays Center, and hurled the dolly, and then... Uh, somebody hit McGregor over the back with the chair and he fell into a coffin. And then somebody tapped him out for three. No, it, it seemed like a WWE event. Like somebody was literally doing a, a WWE event, uh, a script in an event that was the Barclays Center. No, that was real. And that was all because of Artem Lobov. And now fast forward, what is it? Four years. Artem Lobov is now suing McGregor. For $30 million, 5% of the $600 million is $30 million, kids. Great math. So proud of it. It's sad because McGregor has been such a, a beacon of hope for self-belief and true martial artists who want to pursue bigger goals than just training at a gym or training consistently where you can be a wimp and turn into a warrior. McGregor was at the forefront of that. Watch the notorious documentary is no longer on Netflix. Sadly, they pulled it down. It should be up because more people should see the humble, the hungry McGregor, the McGregor that was climbing the mountain. The pre Floyd Mayweather McGregor, the pre-Money McGregor. It was a McGregor that was humble, that at the time seemed like he had one girlfriend, that at the time did not seem like he was drinking in camp, that at the time did not have many tattoos. Maybe he couldn't afford all the body art. Maybe he didn't have the, the funds to. In the, the documentary, it shows that he was on welfare, that he was receiving government assistance uh, when he was transitioning from a plumber's assistant into a full-time mixed martial artist. You see the first time McGregor goes to Vegas and gets a hotel, the UFC, the Granama Hotel. He's just like, he's floored with like, uh, he's just so grateful. And it seems that McGregor has kind of gotten lazy in terms of his gratefulness, in terms of his personal relationships, in terms of just being a true martial artist. He is not making... 145, please stop talking to Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky on Twitter. He may never make 155 again. I mean, the man seems like he'll barely make welterweight, the 170-pound limit in the UFC. He's huge. He's gigantic. It, yeah, he's a bodybuilder. and Better than 99.9% .9 of the population, he's in better shape right now. No doubt about it. 
But for where he came from, the chiseled, freaking focused, non-tattoo, mohawk-wearing Conor McGregor in 2014 to now this kind of juice head. I don't know, this bodybuilding guy who's kind of in orbit and not really grounded and doesn't really have a good focus or a good grasp on relationships and his circle, it's sad. And you would love to see a McGregor get back to that humble and I humble side. You saw a glimpse of it with the Donald Cowboy Cerrone lead up, the UFC 246 fight. He mentioned that he did not drink for about three months in that lead up. And the first time he's going to taste the drink is following the victory. That is true. There's footage of him just partying it up uh, in Vegas of January 2020. Then the world set down, uh, shut down. And then a lot of people's, I wouldn't necessarily say demons, but a lot of people's habits uh, were fed and were watered and blossom and McGregor's was drinking, uh, socializing and being just an absolute dominant businessman. And those three things can be very disruptive to personal relationships and breaking those, I don't know, trust and core values that you have with those people. And that look at the Artem Lobov thing. Who saw this coming? This is a low, low, McGregor to be sued by Artem Lobov. Artem Lobov fought a fight that was in McGregor's name. Uh, Artem Lobov should have never fought Paulie Malignaggi. It should have been Paulie Malignaggi versus Connor. Uh, Connor, like he was even mismanaged on, on the, the boxing front. Uh, following the, the Floyd fight, he either should have fought Manny Pacquiao. Okay, that's a tough fight. Maybe you don't want to lose. Manny Pacquiao literally looked phenomenal against Keith Thurman around that time. Okay, that's a dangerous fight. Understood. Um, but fight Paulie Malignaggi if you did what you said you did in the, the training room and there's a ton of footage that was hinted at that it might be a Netflix documentary you should have took that fight instead Artem Lobov his boy fought him in bare knuckle Paulie Malignaggi came out of retirement to fight Conor McGregor's best best friend by coming out of retirement and fighting him in bare knuckle boxing so the McGregor Artem saga continues you heard that uh that wonderful uh wonderful singing by mcgregor oh, I'm in a, uh, 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 the dude's talented hey maybe mcgregor can get the italian dj that he punched to make a a beat out of that song but uh if you guys want to hear a lot more about my my take about the mcgregor situation please go to listen to the latest episode I, I tell you uh a lot of the background and the roots of their relationship and what what mcgregor uh, has meant to artem and what artem has meant to mcgregor and that this is just completely a new low for mcgregor so go check that on the podcast for you go find it at ike feldman or at ike Degon everywhere People who were showing spirit, people who were humble, people who, or, or excuse me, fighters of martial arts who, who really wanted it, who were humble, 
PFL Championship. PFL Championship, MSG, Hulu Theater. Fantastic show. Uh, PFL did a great job at making the Hulu Theater seem like just 20,000 person raucous stadium or arena. I think it's about five to 7,000 in capacity. You had Wiz Khalifa there. You had the best and brightest of the fighters outside of the PFL as well. Hamza Chemaev, Henry Cejudo, Aljamain Sterling, who did uh, a stare down. You also had the everybody's favorite manager, Ali Abdelaziz, was there. And most importantly, the food was phenomenal. No, I'm just kidding. It was phenomenal. But most importantly, the fights were just pure guts and glory and just amazing. From the time that I got there to see the Marais versus Marais fight, Shaman versus Marlon, oh my goodness, one of the best fights I've ever seen. Uh, regardless of in-person, on TV, Marlon looked filled out, looked jacked, looked extremely ready to go at, at the featherweight fight. His first featherweight fight did not seem like he was uh, uh, diminished physically to make that weight. But, man, mentally, his edge was not there. He lost focus. He was beating Shaman really bad. He was about a, a three-to-one favorite heading into the third round. Uh, the third and final round, a uh, three-to-one favorite in Shaman, received some advice from his corner, similar to the Rocky Leon Edwards fight, where you see that great footage. Come on, son. You got to pull it out of the fire. Come on, son. Psh, psh, psh. Wake up. Wake up. Psh, psh, psh. And then also the Alex Pajada fight, where I'm not sure if it was Glover or another coach who really fired up Alex to go out there in the fifth round and get it done against Israel Asanya. And now Shaman Marais, uh, Marais, uh, the same thing, pulled it out of the fire, fantastic comeback, finished his opponent and was just completely humble. I think he took the fight on two weeks. Uh, his, his wife is pregnant. He said, F it, I'm getting on this plane, heading to New York, going to uh, eat some pizza after a weigh-in and get the knockout of my, uh, my evil twin, Marlon. And uh, beautiful performance by Shaman. Beautiful performance. Oh, man. The whole card was stacked with pure heart. Uh, shout out to Larissa Pacheco for avenging her loss from uh, a couple of years ago. I was at that fight in May of 2019, Nassau Coliseum against Harrison. Uh, Kayla Harrison dominated her in that first fight. Funny enough, I was able to get my mom in uh, as a media member. Like, yeah, she's my camera guy. My mom's like, hello, fellow teenagers. <laughs> backwards hat. I'm like, yeah, she's uh, she's an intern for the Ike Dick and get her in here. Um, but Pacheco looked phenomenal, did not stop moving, did not stop battering ha Harrison, even from the bottom. Theme of the, the fight for her was to just wear out Harrison, make Harrison uncomfortable. Uh, don't surrender, even if you're losing the position battle. And uh, that, that's great that the judges could see that uh, Pacheco was doing a ton of damage, even though she was not in the quote unquote dominant optic position of being on the bottom. Uh, that was a great fight. I'm looking forward to the trilogy. I'm very much looking forward to the trilogy. Brendan Lochnane uh, versus Bubba Jenkins. That was a, a pure, gutsy, gritty fight. You had Bubba Jenkins, this former NCAA champion, uh, looked crisp early in the first round, landing a ton of jabs, doing a ton of damage to Lochnane's nose. He looked beaten and bruised, uh, but he came back. He survived the takedown attempt. Didn't seem like Jenkins wanted to waste any more energy as soon as he saw that Lochnane was up in his, his wrestling defense game. Lochnane 
then came back strong, and it was a back-and-forth battle in the third. And then ultimately, UK's Lachnane got the job done. You have Michael Bisbin, uh, Leon Edwards, and now Brendan Lachnane, who are the champions uh, from mixed martial arts organizations from the UK. So fantastic performance with Brendan Lachnane. He gave a shout-out to Law MMA, which was really cool. Uh, he was training there, uh, or maybe um, getting comfortable in the New York scene at that gym. Obviously, did uh, months of training over at the UK, but it was cool to see him uh, at the home base of Law MMA in the lead up to this fight. Uh, just another knockout, which was crazy. Ante Delija versus Matthias Schiffel. Excuse me if the pronunciations are way off. You had uh, Crow Cops Prodigy getting the uh, the huge knockout in the first round. That was a, a can't miss fight and like very predictable that that was going to be a knockout. Shouts to Aspen Ladd for stepping into the PFL for the first time, stepping into the featherweight division on a featherweight camp against Julia Budd and looking dominate. Very good pickup by PFL. They're doing a great job with these pickups. We have Shane Burgos in the prime of his career, Aspen Ladd who's in the prime of her career. Another former UFC fighter who was also in the prime of his career, Olivier Aboumercier, looked phenomenal with a sweeping lead right hook uh, that just sent Stevie Ray, Ray, Stevie Way wheeling. He sent, sent Stevie Ray reeling, and it was just a terrific victory for OAM, TriStar MMA's own OAM. GSP was in the house for us, a hobby in the house. Huge win for Mr. Mercier. That was beautiful. Rob Wilkinson against Amari Akhmedov. Oh, my goodness. Wilkinson with a flawless victory. Finish him again. Again. One more time. Good job. He, everything he was throwing, knees, kicks, punches, was just landing on Akhmedov. He looked dominant. Uh, it, it was a fantastic uh, night. Fantastic atmosphere. The media members were cool. Uh, you always see new faces with each and every season or each and every year when uh, MMA, big MMA comes to town. And it's cool. I have no problem with it. Uh, I'm not an OG. I was in the, uh, the the media game about six years ago. But I'm just so happy that MMA has not lost steam. Even with McGregor being sued by his former teammate, even with McGregor not fighting once a year, once every six months, once every three months, even without John Jones fighting Ronda Rousey or Brock Lesnar, the sport is still growing. And that is thanks to McGregor for getting it on the ESPN platform. But my point is, it's always cool to see new media members gravitating to the world's greatest sport, in my opinion. The World Cup is cool. The World Cup is cool, no doubt about it. But it's it's going to be... It's going to be MMA, whether it's a decade or whether it's inside of a decade. I believe mixed martial arts is going to be the biggest sport in the world. I mean, yeah, Brazil loves soccer, but look at how many UFC champions they had. Uh, Australia, they probably suck at soccer, but look at they have had champions. Uh, the Oceania uh, countries, New Zealand, Australia, they, they suck at soccer, but they're fantastic when it comes to fighting. Same thing with Russia. Same thing with uh, uh, Africa. Well, even though Ghana's pretty good, Cameroon's pretty good. Uh, look at the UFC champions, man. Uh, Canada's not winning anything on grass, but they had a UFC champion. They had uh, Mercier again, a huge win. 
uh, this uh, past Friday. It's like, are people not seeing this? Mixed martial art is going to take over, and it's just a matter of time before it catches. Maybe once mixed martial arts hits the Olympic stage and the more worldly stage, and you have these young, unpaid amateurs fighting for Ireland, uh, fighting for the U.S., Canada, South America, Russia, uh, Australia, it's just going to be phenomenal. But time will tell. Mr. Sugar, Sean O'Malley, joined the JRE podcast, and he had a lot to say. It's an excellent podcast. I'm about two-thirds of the way through. Sean O'Malley is a, a very cool uh, introvert. He's probably one of the most personified introvert, uh, though he comes across as very showboaty. He, he, j- he seems uh, pretty geeky and pretty quiet. Um, I cool. Uh, it, it's cool. I'm cool with it. It's uh, I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the lane that he's driving in. The the comfortability to express himself in the way he is, and Rogan totally is gravitating to it. Uh, which I respect. Rogan is usually the hammer in these interviews and these podcasts, but Sean O'Malley was allowed to take the floor. He has Rogan's respect, and he didn't doesn't have to be brash with Rogan. Yeah, you you see the the color of his hair, you see the the cars he drives, the the styles of his fight, the press conference, the clothes, the garb he wears and assembles, but with Rogan, he was just relaxed and uh, I appreciate for Rogan just rolling with that uh, that style and not not challenging the kid because O'Malley was very comfortable he sheds some light on who he wants to fight next he thinks it's going to be for a title it, it could be against Cejudo it could be against Algerine but what he really seems confident in what's going to happen next is a fight a rematch against one Cheeto, Marlon, Vera. And I agree. That is the fight to make. Doing matchmaking at the top of the UFC's bantamweight division, if you do Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo, which they were both at the PFL, they actually squared off. There's some now footage that can be used for for, uh, uh, a UFC countdown show. That fight is rumored to happen in February. The Perth fight, February 12th in Perth. With uh, Islam Makachev and Alexander Volkanovsky at the top. And then the co-main will be Aljamain versus Henry Cejudo. Then you also have Marab Davalashvili versus Corey Sanhagen. Make that a five-round fight. Uh, Probably a fight night card. That would be an excellent main event. Marlon Cheetah Vera versus Sean O'Malley 2. The rematch. Sign me up for it. That could be... A co-main event on a huge pay-per-view, no doubt about it. But it better be five rounds. It better be five rounds. I did not get enough of Sean O'Malley and Peter Young. I needed two more rounds to really clarify who's the definitive number one. That's why I do have a problem with O'Malley wanting the title fight next because you barely beat Peter Young. You do not want to fight a wrestler next an Olympic wrestler or the best grappler in your division. You do not want to fight Al Jermaine or Henry. Please avoid that. Tim Welch, 
get in Sean's ear. Let him know that is not the wise choice. You don't want to fight Marab Davalos, really? No. Corey Sanhagen doesn't do much for you. Maybe it's a step back, kind of. It gets you more experience, but does it move you up the needle that much? The the ladder, the rankings, excuse me. Does it? No. You're you're ahead of him, so stay where you are. Rematch against Jan. That could happen. That that would be cool. That would be cool. Let let them do a five round main event on a fight night. Or let them do a five round on a co main event on a pay per view. Either the Jan rematch or the Cheeto Vera rematch. I kind of feel like the UFC is putting their favorite young stars in a position to succeed in hopes that it will eventually make them the big money. Look at Hamzat getting fast-tracked against Gilbert Burns, the number two ranked welterweight. He wins, barely. Look at Alex Pajera getting fast-tracked against Sean Strickland. He won. That was a very easy fight for him. Sean Strickland was the easiest fight for him in the top five of the UFC middleweight division that catapulted him into the title fight. Sean O'Malley, like I said, not going to fight Cejudo, Sterling, Navalashvili, a wrestler. He fought a guy who has is a slow starter in Yan, kind of concedes like that Muay Thai style, that round one. Um, and there's also a striker. Though Yan took down O'Malley, ee, you sure you want to fight a, a wrestler for the belt? Ee. Though Jan took down O'Malley with ease a couple of times, Jan is known as a striker, kickboxer, and a great one at that. Look at the highlight reel against Corey Sanhagen, Uriah Faber, um, against Jose Aldo. Peter Jan is, is not a wrestler, okay? Sean O'Malley got fast-tracked, so he should kind of be humble, unlike... Hamzad, who missed weight. He should be humble like Alex Pajera. Whatever fight the UFC hands you, you are now top two, top three in the world. Woo, that's better than 12. We're better than being ranked nine in the world. You are now in the top three in the world in your division. Fast track. Meanwhile, Adrian Giannis might put it on him, who is not top 10 in the world, but Adrian Giannis might beat Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley should be thankful for where he is. He shouldn't be demanding anything. He shouldn't be saying, I was guaranteed a contract. Son, you were guaranteed a contract if you dominated Peterion, if you blew past him. So be humble, stay humble. I would love to see Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera to make it a co-main event on a big pay-per-view. If you guys agree, give me a call right now, right now. I'm freaking live. I'm ready. I'm ready. I can hear you, I think. Hopefully, I figured that out. 646-820-9848. Again, 646-820-9848. It is not my house number, my cell phone. It is the show's hotline at Iktagon's hotline at Iktagon.com everywhere. I'm running out of business cards. I couldn't throw them fast enough at the PFL event. Uh, I'm sure there's some... uh, custodial arts member who's so pissed off he goes this son of a bitch i'm gonna hack his website i'm gonna get my nephew to hack his website because i have to clean up all his business cards at the pfl event so i uh i definitely want to hear what you guys want to say about 
McGregor, Artem. Again, it's it's complicated, but it's not that complicated. It's two best friends who one friend is hanging out with a different crowd in a different high school. He's playing football for a different team. He's getting a start, and he's kind of leaving his old friend behind. He broke that relationship, and now he's the cool guy. Uh, he's in with the prom queen. Uh, and the little old Art Artem is just hanging with the uh, the not cool kids uh, with uh, McGregor's past. So it's sad. It, it's simple. It, it it could be complicated in terms of the uh, the I don't know the the numbers that are involved. Uh, I think it's about thirty million that Artem is uh, is asking for. I'm sure he tried to settle this behind the scenes. Connor has a history. Connor and his team have a history of fumbling the ball uh, in the private sector of things. Look at what happened with the Dustin thing. He's like, oh, I'm going to donate to your charity. And Dustin was waiting for it, but he never did. And uh, we all know how that turned out. But if you want to let me know your thoughts about that or the PFL championship, or O'Malley, who should he fight next? Please let me know. Quickly, 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 MMA versus boxing. You hear these stories uh, looking back five years with McGregor. Uh, and Floyd Mayweather, McGregor said he was able to train so many boxer rounds because of it being less strenuous on his body. Uriah Hall said the same thing. Uriah Hall, when he fought Le'Veon Bell just a couple of weeks ago on the Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva undercard. He said the same thing. He was able to get more rounds. And now that I'm watching boxing a lot more closely and it's in my algorithm, my YouTube algorithm, and uh, I get to see Canelo or Ryan Garcia, Artem Better Betterbiev, or Demetrio Bivol, they're, they're training. And it's a lot less strenuous. The, the wrestling aspect of MMA takes a lot off your body, your knees, your hips, your back, your neck, your crack, your ass. Um, it does a lot of of accumulating strain to your body. And yeah, boxing, there's less targets to hit. You can't kick the legs. You can't go for a guillotine choke. You are aiming for the body or the face. And yeah, I'm sure the 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 damage to the head is a lot more than in MMA. But in terms of joints, in terms of uh, the output that boxers are able to do, it seems like they're, they're a lot more refreshed than MMA fighters. So that's very interesting. And one more quick note, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Mike White, Mr. White. Shout out to the Reservoir Dogs. Mike White got the job done. Jets look good. And that's all I got to say. And that's all I got to say about that. <sighs> Great show. I love you guys. Thank you for liking, subscribing, retweeting, listening. Thumbs upping. I hit record this time. My bad. My apologies for the lateness of this recording. I know I posted for a 430 Eastern. I started this about 35 minutes late. My apologies. I love you guys. Hey, I'm getting better, man. I got a, uh, I got banners now. I got a ticker. I got my phone number. And uh, wait, is that? 
wrong phone number? What the... Oh god. I gave the wrong phone number again. Peace. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.